Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for being back here for another exciting edition of The Coaching Show. Today, I'm very excited. We're going to learn a lot and uh, be just we're going to be better people for this for sure uh, i want to let you know first of all that our longtime sponsor of this program as you heard is accomplishment coaching if you're looking for coach training at the highest level if uh, it's not for everyone but if you're ready for a, a rigorous arduous exciting uh journey of self-development check out accomplishmentcoaching.com literally more hours more actual coaching received more actual coaching done with real life human beings that they bring in for uh you to coach uh every by every measure including your success as a coach the finest program in the world check out accomplishmentcoaching.com currently available in uh north america in these following cities, San Diego, California, Seattle, Washington, Chicago, Illinois, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and New York City, also in Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, you can find out more by going to accomplishmentcoaching.com. I also want to uh, introduce you to our not-in-studio. Our guest co-host today is joining us from his, I assume, palatial mansion in uh Vermont, just outside of Burlington, Vermont. Mark Hunter is a master certified coach. He's also the president and founder of Pinnacle Coaching. He's been a coach, uh, an executive coach for over 23 years. He is author of The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented, a book. You can find out more about that by going to thebrinkbook.com. You can also go uh, to Pinnacle Coaching. Is it pinnaclecoaching.com, Mark? Where do we find you? It's uh, pinnacle-coaching.net. I knew there was something unusual about it. <laughs> pinnacle hyphen or dash coaching, and pinnacle is P-I-N-N-A-C-L-E, coaching.net. Thank you very much. Pinnacle-coaching.net. Mark, welcome to the program. Welcome back. Uh, any, any great words of wisdom that you want to give us before we start with our guest today? No, thank you so much for having me back, though. I'm really excited to talk to this guest, uh, this first guest in particular uh, today. So thanks for having me back and getting a co-host with you. This is exciting. I am delighted, too. And uh, here's one of the things I know is that in on the on the air, you're a professional guy. But in person, you're a hilarious guy. And I'm delighted to have you back. I want to invite you to be your true hilarious self. I also want to let you know that we've we've changed it up on you. Our program today, we had initially planned for two guests, but our first guest is so extraordinary, so powerful, and such a f get for us that uh, I've redone our schedule. And if you're amenable, Mark, I'd like to keep him on for the entire show. Does that work for you? That works for me. Thank you. Or, well, thank you. I'm sorry that I make these changes uh, without letting people know. Um, but we're delighted to have him with us. Peter Docker is an extraordinary leader in the field of coaching and human development. He's passionate about enabling people to be extraordinary. He's inspired by the Golden Circle, and he teaches leaders and organizations how to harness the power of why to do extraordinary things. He's been working with Simon Sinek since 2011. He's an igniter and an implementation specialist, those are real jobs, on the Start With Why team. You may know Simon Sinek and his work, his book, his seminal work, Start With Why. Well, Peter is on the team. He's an igniter, which is one of a few people who are uh, trained and able to create on the Start With Why team with organizations. He helps organizations harness the power of why to create extraordinary cultures and sustainable 
high performance, two things that I know Mark is passionate about as well. Peter has taken his practical experience and co-authored with Simon Sinek and David Mead a book, Find Your Why, colon, a practical guide for discovering purpose for you and your team, which is a step-by-step guide on how to discover your why, published in 2017. Peter is globally recognized as the, quote, how guy to Simon's why, that is Simon Sinek, formerly an officer, forgive me, I just clicked on something I shouldn't have done. Former, uh, formerly a Royal Air Force senior officer who's been a force commander during combat flying operations and has seen service across the world. We're delighted to welcome to our microphones, Peter Docker. Hello, sir. Hello, Christopher. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for being had, as we like to say. Uh, look around outside. Where do you find yourself today? <laughs> well, unusually, I'm at home. Uh, I'm often on aeroplanes somewhere, but I'm at home in the UK, in England. We live in a wonderful part of the country called the Cotswolds, mm. and we're in a small village just west of Oxford. And it's dark as I'm speaking because winter's closing in rapidly. Well, thank you very much for being with us. And I've been to the Cotswolds, and it's gorgeous there, at least when I was there. It is indeed when you can see it. <laughs> Mark, I, I don't want to squeeze you out here. Would you like to ask the first question for Peter and kick us off today? Peter, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Mark. Absolutely. I'm excited. I, I do a lot, of, uh, a lot of the coaching work I do. I, I talk about uh, Simon Sinek's uh, Start With Why. So I'm very excited personally to have you here because, uh, because it's something that I'm using and talking about so often. I love that you, you bring in this conversation about how. But maybe just for our listeners, you can, we can back up a step and talk about what the Golden Circle actually is. Sure. I mean, it, it is probably the world's simplest model. Um, every organization, and in fact, each and every one of us as individuals, we operate on three levels. Uh, what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. You know, what we do is the product or service, if we're a business or our role or a job. Um, we can all talk about that. How we, we do that um, is it reflects our, our values, our guiding principles. Um, and we can generally talk about that, but not many people can talk about why it is they do what they do. And by why, we don't mean to bring in a salary or make a profit in a business, that's a what. By why, we mean, what's your higher purpose? What's your just cause? What do you stand for? What do you believe? Why do you get out of bed each day? And as a consequence, most of us, whether it's interpersonally or as a business, we think, act, and communicate starting with what, you know, the clearest thing. But the, uh, the inspired leaders, the inspired organizations, they think, act, and communicate starting with why. So that's the basic model. And what makes it so powerful is that it's not to do with psychology, the reason this works. It's everything to do with biology and how our brains are hardwired. Will you say more about that? The, the brain is hardwired to simply execute? Is that what you're pointing to? Well, if we take a cross-section of the human brain, it divides into two main components that map perfectly onto this, this golden circle, as we call it. Um, the neocortex is um, the part of the brain that we spend years developing by going to school and college mm -hmm. and university. And that part of the brain is responsible for understanding facts and figures and logic and reasoning and also language. And this part of the brain maps onto the what part of the golden circle. But then we have the extraordinarily powerful limbic brain. And the limbic brain is responsible for all feelings, such as trust and loyalty. 
and this maps onto the why and the how section of the golden circle. And the limbic brain is also responsible for all human behavior, all decision making, and yet it's got no capacity for language. And this is why we hear ourselves often in life saying, yes, I understand all the facts and figures, but it just doesn't feel right. And the reason we use that verb to feel is because it's the limbic part of the brain making the decision, um, which makes all decisions, and yet it's got no capacity for language. And the best we can come up with is it just doesn't feel right. Or we talk about maybe a gut decision or leading with our hearts. Actually, it's our limbic brain. So the golden circle is all about understanding this biology, this hard wiring, and learning how to think, act, and communicate, starting with that why, leading with our limbic brain, because that opens up possibility where we can inspire, where we can, we can draw people who believe what we believe, we can draw them to us, and then we can go on to achieve extraordinary things. I love that. I, I love the clarity of it and just to represent why it's a circle is that the outer circle the outer ring if you would would be the what and then the inner ring the how and then the center of the circle would be the why i don't want to confuse people with either kingsman the golden circle or the golden circle of <laughs> iceland which is the road you take around iceland uh, indeed I, i'm glad you brought that clarification <laughs> <laughs> indeed we don't want people to be driving off a cliff somewhere um so so I think that as as people who both in both Mark's and my case, we work to support people as coaches and leadership development people, but also we run our own organizations. And I think that it's it's sort of easy to bypass the why you come up with some sort of, oh, to serve people or to uh, to make a difference or to have people be their best or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then we move on. How? How is it important and why is it important to get more clarity than some sort of broad brushstroke in the why? Well, when you do, it simplifies life. Um, when you're clear on your why, and let me give you an example. You touched on my why in the introduction there. My why, the, the sentence which represents um, the reason I do what I do when I feel most fulfilled by what I do, um, it's a simple sentence. It's to enable people to be extraordinary so that they can do extraordinary things. Now, behind that simple sentence are a whole lot of stories of specific occasions in my life when I was doing things that resonated with that why. And this is how we discover our why. It comes from our past, whether we're, whether we're talking about an individual why or that of a company. And that's what makes it authentic. That's what makes it real. And the single why sentence is then a representation of what it is we stand for and what it is we believe. And when we have that as a sentence in words rather than it just residing as a feeling, because we all know when something feels right, yes, or, or it doesn't feel right, the why enables us to put it into words. And when it's in words, it then becomes actionable and also it becomes scalable. And that's something that you can never do if it just resides as a feeling. Uh, so as an individual, when we know what our why is, we can choose to get up every day and ask ourselves, right, what am I going to do today that is going to act as further proof of my why, further proof of what I believe? And when we do that, when we have that as a tool, it allows us to 
simplify decision-making processes because why would we choose to do anything that detracts from what it is we stand for, what it is we believe that would take away from the trust and loyalty that people feel towards us? With that why statement, we can choose to only do things that build on what it is we believe and in so doing, we build the trust and loyalty that people feel towards us. So that's the power of the why and that's the reason it is such a useful tool in everyday life, whatever we're talking about, whether it's work or at home or elsewhere. Mark, if you don't mind, I'll just follow up. Um, so, Peter, one of the things that I'm aware of is, you know, through the work of, I don't know, Tony Robbins and the original uh, NLP, you know, Bandler and Grinder, mm. we're clear that often we've got to attach things to an emotion or create an emotional yeah. state to sort of motivate us and keep us on track. How does mm. that interplay with the why? Because I, I noticed that at least for many organizations, the why, at least the one they've got up on the wall somewhere, uh, is devoid of emotion and doesn't have attachment. Yep. There's sort of a separation between that statement and what's actually going on in the organization. Yeah. Well, let, let me let me talk directly about companies, and it applies to individuals as well. It's the same process. Um, this emotional attachment is absolutely vital. We are emotional animals, and you know, for the hot-blooded males, there emotion is more than just um, cold, hungry, or tired. You know, there's a whole range of emotions, and it's um, partly how we've not just survived but thrived as a species. So when we recognise this, we can harness that biology, that emotional biology, to achieve extraordinary things. So the way it links into the why, when we do a why discovery workshop with a company, for example. Um, it's a discovery process, not a creation process. And the discovery process has us take people back in time and have them reflect and tell specific stories. Times when, as part of that organization, they felt particularly proud of the difference they were making in the world. And it's important that these stories are very specific and by specific we mean specific in terms of time people or a particular place and the reason for that is when we get specific it generates an emotion and connects us to what it is that we believe so um, let me give you an example if we were talking about um, a terrible disaster over in the far east somewhere um, where heaven forbid, heaven forbid many many people were feared missing um, or even killed. Um, when we heard about that, we would naturally sympathy would go out, but it wouldn't necessarily generate a huge emotion in us because we cannot relate to tens of thousands of people perhaps being missing or, or feared mm. severely injured. But if I were to say to you, um, hey, Christopher, um, there's been this terrible event over in the Far East and our neighbor, John, their son was on a scuba, di scuba diving expedition and we, we tried everything, but we, we can't raise him, we can't contact him. Then many of us would, would try and think of what we could do to help because that's a specific person at a specific place. And so it activates the emotion within us. It's the same when we're doing a why discovery. When we ask people to recount specific memories, what that does, it it connects us to the emotion that we experienced at the time. When a memory is formed, that memory is formed because we have an emotional reaction to the event that's taking place. 
And that emotional reaction occurs because the events that we're experiencing either resonates closely with the values that we hold or rubs up against those values that we hold. So when we recount that memory, it reignites those emotions. When we do that as part of a why discovery and we get many stories coming forward, a golden thread then starts to appear, a common theme um, of what's really important to us. And that then starts to rise to the top and that becomes the root of the why. So the emotional side of it is very, very important uh, when we're, we're discovering this why. Beautifully said. Mark? Peter, I have a question for you. I want to I back up a couple steps. You said something that was very interesting, and it points to something that I noticed that uh, I myself, and maybe Christopher, you've experienced this as well, uh, we run into, in having conversations with people that we work with around their purpose or their what mm. for, their why, and, and here's what I heard you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard you say that actually knowing your why and starting with your why has spoken words translated into not just action, but more effective action. And is that, is that actually what I'm hearing, what I heard you say? Well, the, the, the why gives us guidance as to what actions, what things we can do in life, you know. There are only two things in this world. There is content and there is context. Content is the things that we do, the things that we say, the work that we're engaged in. Um, but content has got no meaning whatsoever without context. Context is what gives meaning to the content that we do. It's like that jigsaw puzzle that we had when we were young, all those hundreds of pieces on the table, that's your content. But it's only when you see the picture on the box, the context, that those jigsaw puzzle pieces make sense. And so it is with our why. You know, our why is that picture on the box. It can, it has the power to make sense of everything we do, all those jigsaw puzzle pieces. So the why itself um, is actionable. You know, my why, it starts with to enable. So if I, if I go out each day with the focus of enabling people, enabling others by perhaps sharing a different perspective on the world, then that is going to make me feel very fulfilled by what it is I do. And that's backed up then by our hows, our guiding principles. Um, you know, for me, my hows include to simplify, also to learn and refine and to see the big picture. These are some of my hows which enable me to bring my why to life. So the golden circle, your why and your hows, it doesn't tell you exactly what to do. It's more about giving you the context which makes sense of what it is you do. Thank you for that. Yeah, that, that was where I was, I was headed, was how does the knowing of your why, I often get this question, how does the knowing of your why or your purpose actually create more effective action? And what mm -hmm. I'm getting is that it's context. It's actually that my actions are taken uh, with more contextual awareness and therefore are more uh, potent. Is that... Is that uh, absolutely so. Um, you know, the, this simple model of content and context is is usually powerful. And uh, when, when I'm helping someone through coaching, for example, and they're trying to figure out um, <laughs> the way forward with a challenge they have, uh, sometimes it helps to shift focus from the content to actually focus on the context. And if we can shift the context within which they're viewing that challenge, then it can take on whole different meaning and we can see different possibilities, different solutions. And again, this is where our why can help. 
if we're really stuck, if we're really struggling to figure out the what, if we take a step back and reconnect to why it is we do what we do, the contribution, the impact that we make in the world as represented by this simple single why statement, then it can help us see fresh possibility and the way to move forward. It seems it seems very important and a, and a bit lofty. It strikes me though that there is practical application to this in an, in our everyday lives. Have you found, for example, people reporting, or have you found in your own life even better uh, stories of people using this and creating breakthroughs in relationships, in family relations, or other places that were either unexpected or or out of um, the traditional organizational framework? Absolutely. Um, as I, I mentioned earlier, the, the why is a statement of what it is you stand for, what it is you believe. So uh, I'll give you an example. I, often on air, aircraft, I on long-haul flights, I end up talking to some of the cabin attendants, the, the flight attendants, and uh, they inevitably ask me what I do. Um, but I'm a why guy, so I start with the why. So I talk instead about instead of talking about well, I give keynotes around the world or run workshops. I start with why. I say, well, everything I do each day is focused on enabling others to bring out the extraordinary thing about them and helping them harness it. Now, when I say that, one or two things can happen. Either the person turns around and says, all right, okay, fine. Uh, do you want chicken or beef, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> or uh, they, they say, well, that sounds really, really interesting. Tell me more. So in the first instance, that first reaction, I, I probably just saved myself 40 minutes of wasted conversation because they don't believe what I believe or they're not inspired by it, which is fine. That's OK. Um, the second reaction where they lean in and say, that sounds really fascinating. Tell me more. Then chances are we've got the start of a really good conversation, um, which can explore fresh possibility for both of us. Um, so it, it can help in everyday situations. But here's another specific example that actually is in relation to coaching. Um, I, when I left the military, I, I suffered from a bit of depression and post-traumatic stress and, and whatever. And, you know, I've, I've dealt with that. But every so often, it comes and descends on my shoulders. I feel pretty, pretty heavy. And anyone who's suffered from depression um, will know exactly what I'm talking about. And a couple of years ago, I was in this sort of space. And yet, that afternoon, I had a coaching conversation. And I thought, I really don't feel up to this. I really don't. But then I looked at the post-it note, the sticky that I've got on my computer, the same one I'm looking at right now. And it's there just handwritten in my handwriting, my why, to enable people to be extraordinary so that they can do extraordinary things. I looked at that and I thought, I can't not take this coaching call because this guy is really relying on me to help him. And so I took the call. And after that call, which lasted about an hour, I felt very much better because I'd been living my why. And it had given me just a reminder, just a prod to shift the context of how I was feeling and to, in this case, serve someone else. And your why is about service. 
Um, you know, we're biologically hardwired to serve others. Again, that's part of the reason we've not only survived, but thrived as a species. So my why was a great reminder in that situation to help someone else. And in so doing, I helped myself too. Beautiful. One of the things that uh, I should let you know and our listeners know that one of the ways uh, to find out more about Peter and his work is to go to startwithwhy.com. That's the words, startwithwhy.com. And you'll uh, look under uh, the, the staff or about us, and you'll find him as Igniters, one of several. Um, by the way, side question, and mm. we might get tangled up in this, I just warn you. Uh, I noticed there's a lot of uh, white males in that organization. Is that something that you're addressing or have taken on or are aware of? Yes. I mean, um, diversity covers many, many things. Actually, we're a very, very diverse bunch of people, if not in skin color, in many, many other ways. Um, and we are taking on people, um, well, over the past year, I think we've taken on about six people. So... Um, the power of the message we have applies to every human being on the planet and um, people step up and join us when they're a great fit and that does not depend on skin color, gender, nationality, culture, religion, sexual orientation or anything else. It's about who they are as individuals, as, as people and what they can bring. So, um, yes, it's something that we're aware of, and we're, we're open to all because this message applies to all. Beautiful. Thanks for that clear statement of diversity and inclusion. Thanks for the commitment and uh, for your work on it. I think that it's something that all leadership and culture and coaching experts are hopefully dealing mm -hmm. with or at least aware of. Thanks for addressing it. You're welcome. Uh, as I said, we're going to take a break in a few moments, so I want to make sure people know how to reach you as well as find out more about Mark, our guest host for the day, which would be pinnacle-coaching.net. But, Peter, you both mentioned a moment ago that you've done quite a bit of traveling. You're keynoting, you're uh, supporting organizations literally all over the world. My understanding is you've been to at least 88 countries and 200 cities in doing this particular part of your job, not counting the parts of your job that were involved in crisis management and the Royal Air Force. What, um, what's a memorable city that you've been to and why? I, oh, we've got about two minutes for that. Memorable city, good heavens. Um, I'll just go with the first one that comes into my mind, Mexico City. Mm. I've been there a couple of times and the, the vibrancy, the color, the passion, um, the way people embrace new ideas, um, it, that, that just stands out for me. There are many other cities as well, but Mexico City is the one that first pops into my mind. I think the, the architecture is a representation in Mexico City of the different cultures that have come together and figured it out. And why that resonates so much for me is because taking the messages that we have around the world um, I find it hugely inspiring because regardless of nationality, of culture, um, of religion, background, these ideas connect people at a human level. And that gives me great hope for the future. 
And Mexico City is a representation of that, of all the different people, civilizations that have lived there over centuries. They've come together and they've figured it out. It's not always pretty, but they figure it out. And that's like a microcosm of the whole world. We eventually figure it out, which gives me great hope. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for that. So as I mentioned, we're about to take a break. Uh, I want to remind people that the book that Peter is co-author of is Find Your Why, a practical guide on how to discover the why for any individual, team, or organization. You can also uh, go check out startwithwhy.com and find out the Why Discovery course and, um, and also discover Peter's, not only his bio there, but his role as an igniter on that team. If you're interested in uh, Mark Hunter and his book, The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented, go to The Brink Book. Is that a .com, Mark? Forgive me, I'm not looking at it. Do yes, that is a .com. The Brink the Book dot com. com. When we come back, we'll talk about sustainability. We'll talk about crisis, as well as what should we do? Where should we start? in changing a, cult, a company's or organization's culture. We're delighted to continue our conversation right after these words with our leadership and culture experts here today. You're listening to The Coaching Show each week, bringing you interviews with people out on the cutting edge of human development, coaching, and more right here on Accomplishment Media, available at accomplishmentmedia.com or wherever fine podcasts are available, Stitcher, Apple, etc. We'll be back with more right after this. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McCullough, Master Certified Coach. I just find that adorable. I hope that you do too, my dear listener. We're continuing our conversation today with two leaders in, uh, 
in the field of leadership. We're delighted to be joined as a guest co-host by Mark Hunter, Master Certified Coach, a coach for over 24 years. He's our guest co-host joining us from his, uh, I can only assume, uh, multi-acre compound in (laughs) Vermont, just outside of Burlington. Hello, Mark. People can get a hold of you by going to pinnacle-coaching.net, and uh, you're author of The Brink, How Great Leadership is Invented, and people can find out more wherever fine books are sold, or by going to thebrinkbook.com. That's the brink, B-R-I-N-K, book.com. We are delighted to be with uh, interviewing and spending time with Peter Docker. Peter's why, as he's shared with us, is to, uh, he's passionate about enabling people to be extraordinary. He has worked with Simon Sinek since 2011. He is an implementation specialist and an igniter on the Start With Why team. You can find out more by going to startwithwhy.com. He helps organizations and individuals harness the power of why to create extraordinary cultures and sustainable high performance. He is co-author, along with Simon Sinek and David Mead, of Find Your Why, a practical guide for discovering purpose for you and your team. It's a step-by-step guide on how to discover your why, published last year in 2017. Um, In addition, Peter served in the Royal Air Force. He was a senior officer. He's been a force commander, a crisis specialist. One of his jobs was flying the British Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, around the world. We're delighted to uh, have him join us from his home just outside of London in the Cotswolds in England. Peter, just before the break, one of the things I teased people with was the notion of sustainability. I think we can all agree that as coaches and leadership consultants that sustainability is one of the biggest organizational issues. We've all worked with some organization or in some organization where they brought in people, they did a bunch of consulting, and then everything went back to normal after they'd spent a bunch of time and energy and money having it uh, theoretically be different. What do you think is critical in having sustainable change sustainability means different things to different people i think so i i would draw on simon's new upcoming work um his book the infinite game and this talks about there are two types of of game out there. There's the finite game and there's the infinite game. The finite game is where we have a known number of players, we have agreed rules, and there's a very clear definition of winning. Um, A game of football or soccer is a finite game. And yet there is infinite games too. And an infinite game is one where there are an unknown number of players, Um, there are no agreed rules, and there's no agreed definition of winning. And actually, business is very much an infinite game. The trouble is, we play it as a finite game quite often. So when we're talking about sustainability, I take the grand strategic view of playing the infinite game. And there are certain things that we need to play an infinite game. And the first actually comes from our why. And it's when we elevate the why of the organization to something that we call a just cause and a just cause is something that's resilient over time and it's not affected by technological or political change it's also inclusive and anybody who believes in that just cause is free to join and help us move it forward um, so for me 
sustainability is directly linked to being clear on what our why is, being willing to play what we call the infinite game and to acknowledge that that is what business is about. Um, and also to to be focused on this this thing we call the just cause, which is the the why elevated for the future. So that is a very broad area, a very broad subject, but that for me is what comes to mind when I start talking about sustainability. It's beautiful. Mark, did you want to follow that up or did you have a different direction you wanted to go? No, I actually love where you're headed. I, I, I'm, I've been curious, and, and almost from first hearing that you were going to be on this show, Peter, I, I've been curious in particular about how this technology specifically is used in teams. You know, Christopher's mm. question earlier was about, you know, the individual and how this shows up in the individual's life and the individual's uh, commitments. Uh, and, and I heard you alluding to what I heard is culture in what you just said, you know, talking about um, about the way a, a group perhaps orients around something. I'm wondering how, and if you would speak to how uh, this technology applies to a team of people and to culture. Sure. So every organization, um, when it starts, it, it's, it's actually pretty clear on its why, even if it can't um, put it into words. And that is because um, every organization starts with an entrepreneur, someone who takes the hugely irrational decision <laughs> to start a business. It is irrational. The rational thing is to join an organization, get a regular salary and uh, paycheck and also all the, the benefits and pension, whatever. You know, that's the rational thing to do. And yet, thank heavens, people take the irrational decision of starting their own businesses, because where would we be? otherwise and they do it because they believe in what they're doing they're passionate about it for businesses to overcome certainly the early years you need to be passionate about it um, because that's the only thing that's going to get you through all the challenges and as the business grows ideally what you do is you hire people who believe what you believe and that's the goal of the golden circle not to hire everybody who needs a job to hire people who believe what you believe because then you need to manage them less since you only need to lead them show them the way so this then is the start of a great culture and what keeps that alive is when the the senior people of the organization they continue to think, act, and communicate, starting with that why, because we need to keep it alive, because otherwise it will wither, it will, it will diminish. Um, and that's what we call the split, when we hear companies talking about, well, it doesn't, people start saying it doesn't feel like it used to around here, and that's when people are focused more on the what rather than on the why. But the why is part of the culture of an organization, it needs to be kept alive. And so I hear you talking about the why as something that is built in an organization by hiring people who believe in it from the beginning. And I'm wondering, how do you transform a why? <laughs> you know, not all, in my experience, not all teams or organizations are built as intentionally um, as, as that sounds. And so uh, often I'm brought into an organization and a team to transform uh, the culture. And I mm. often 
start looking at you know their purpose and you know what what their collective yeah. uh, intake commitment is. Uh, so how do you do that when you've when you've built perhaps a culture unintentionally and it needs to be transformed? Mm. Well, uh, the culture will evolve whether we we intervene with it or not. Um, but this is the point with great organizations, they spend as much time focusing on that culture and keeping it alive as they do with with any systems or processes that they uh, they initiate. I mean, at the end of the day, if you stack up all your systems and processes in the corner, you have nothing except human beings. You know, if the culture is that we don't follow those systems and processes, then the system is not going to work. Um, so keeping that culture alive, starting with why, well, let me give you an example because it's always better talking about examples. Um, Elon Musk. People have different views of Elon Musk, but there is no doubt that he starts with why. His company Tesla, the electric car company, and indeed SpaceX, they're all manifestations of what he stands for, what he believes. He believes in the future of the human race. As part of that, he believes the need to populate other planets. He believes in the need of finding sustainable energy and part of that sustainable transport. And this is how he communicates. And there are some great YouTube videos of him communicating, starting with why. And that has the power to inspire people, people who want to come to work with him, part of the organization as engineers or whatever but also inspires people who want to buy his products or if they can't afford his products, it inspires people just to cheer him um, and keep that movement going. And this is a great example of communicating starting with why and keeping that why alive. That will then take care of the culture. Companies where the culture has fallen, fallen down and is not functioning as well as we would like, is largely because people have forgotten about the why. And they've bent towards pressure of focusing on the what, you know, making numbers at the end of the month or end of the quarter. That's important, but context is everything. And if we lose sight of that context, the reason we're doing what we're doing, the contribution, the impact that we make in the world, then those numbers start to become meaningless. And also it becomes very unfulfilling. So my experience, this quite often is what has happened in organizations where the culture just doesn't feel like it should do or like it used to. I like it. I, I, I've, I, I appreciate it. And one of the things that I, I really appreciate about it is that you're, you're talking about reminding people of their why, mm. that, that, um, that it's about reminding people of what, what's already there and, and that, that actually can bring them back. So thank you for that. So uh, actually, could I give another example, which I think illustrates this point? Uh, I was working a few years ago now with one of your oldest TV and film networks in, in the US. And we're running a wide discovery. I was running a wide discovery workshop. And we got to the stage where we'd got the draft why statement. And we went into a coffee break. And a lady who turned out to be the, the head of HR, the HR director, she jumped up and almost sprinted across the room to speak to a guy who turned out to be the operations director. And they were chatting away very excitedly. I went up and I said, what's happening? What's going on? Is everything okay? She said, yeah, absolutely. She said, let me tell you. For the past four months, we've been trying to hire someone to fill a pivotal role, a senior post in our organization. And we had lots of candidates and we whittled them down to this single guy. And he's got all of the experience, 
all of the qualifications. And yet we just haven't been able to decide whether to hire him or not until now. I said, really? She said, yes, we've decided we're not going to hire him. I said, how so? She said, well, now that we've got our why in words, what we realize is that this guy does not believe what we believe. And if we hired him, we'd spend all of our time managing him rather than just leading him. This is a real example of how the why not only helps us simplify the decisions we take in business, but also it gives us a way of reinforcing the culture that is who we are when we're at our very best. And this example illustrates how they've made a decision in that organization not to hire someone who would ultimately detract from the culture that they have in that organization rather than add to it. Beautiful. I feel like we would miss the opportunity if we didn't ask you about uh, what it's like to work with Simon. You know, I think so many of us have seen him on YouTube and seen him on uh, on various media outlets and interviews, and he seems very certain, very clear, very affable. Uh, tell us, what would we not like about Simon Sinek? What's the what's the dirty, dirty truth? Uh, <laughs> bad breath, arrogance. You could tell us anything, Peter. It's practically practically confidential. <laughs> um, everybody's strengths can also be their blind spots. We all have them. And whether we're talking about Simon or anyone else on this planet, it applies. So, you know, my my strengths, for instance, of I like to build relationship with people, but sometimes that can slow me down or have me not see things that I might otherwise. Simon is exceptionally bright um, and the speed with which his mind works um, sometimes, frankly, is difficult to keep up. Um, he has a wonderful ability to take complex ideas and put them into very simple language that everyone can un understand. And when something is simple, it's memorable. When it's memorable, it's repeatable, and then it can take hold. So he's working in so many different fields um, that sometimes it's difficult to <laughs> get his attention um, because he is so, so busy. Um, however, when you do have his attention, it's as if there's no one else in the room. And that is is very powerful, very engaging. If, however, you happen to be one of the other people in the room <laughs> at the time, then, you know, he's not focused on you. So that's what, I, that, that's what comes to mind when I think of Simon. Um, his strength is also a blind spot, the same way as it is for all of us. That's beautifully astute. Two things that I want to ask, and I should I should warn you in advance, we've just got about three or four minutes left in our time together. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. Uh, I, my assumption is that as a leadership consultant and executive coach that has literally worked everywhere around the world, that you see some commonalities across the board in coaching. And I'd, I'd love it if you'd give us a word of advice, a word of warning, a word of what we should take on or stop doing as coaches from that perspective. What are you seeing that we're all doing that we should start doing immediately or, or stop doing based on the commonality across cultures? Mm. Coaching. Uh, I, I, first of all, I, I'd like to say this. Um, I don't consider myself an expert 
in anything. Um, I, I'm interested in things and I'm learning and I share what I've learned with others. And so when we're talking about being a, a, a coach, um, I, I help people, I enable them. Um, sometimes that's through coaching, sometimes it's through other means. What I've learned recently is the wisdom that comes from people, and this may be heresy on this show, but people who are not formal coaches. We have a remarkable system in our organization where we have coaching pods, and these are groups of three or four of us who spend six months, um, perhaps an hour or two every other week, coaching one another. And not everybody is... Not everybody is a qualified coach um, in that pod. And yet the wisdom that comes from some of the millennial people in our company, for instance, who just bring a completely fresh perspective to the challenge in hand. So what I take from that, and in answer to your question, is, is this. Whenever I'm supporting someone, be it coaching or through other means, I always remind myself to keep an open mind, remind myself to be open to fresh ideas, things that may just work for this individual or this person that I've never thought of before or never come to me before. And quite often those ideas come from the wisdom of the people I meet, the wisdom of the people around me. Uh, I, like all of us, I hope, I'm always learning, always learning. And it's, it's the gift to be able to bring what I've learned. Well, we appreciate it very much. Our time has come to an end. And I thank you so much. Peter Docker is his name. You can find him by going to startwithwhy.com. Get the book and... Man, I appreciate so much you being with us today. You've left us with a lot. The book is Find Your Why, a practical guide for discovering purpose for you and your team. Also, Mark Hunter, you can find him at pinnacle-coaching.net, thebrinkbook.com, and thank you, dear listener. We'll talk to you next week. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. That's all for today's edition. We will talk to you next week.